I'm Gab, he's Jules. Uh, Gray skies over uh, West London today. But Jules, so much going on because we have games in, in La Liga, in Serie A, in the Bundesliga, something called the League Cup in England. But we're going to start with a story which I think goes beyond big um, what happens on the pitch. It's the fact David Ornstein in The Athletic uh, reporting uh, on Monday mm. that Liverpool Football Club they're circulating decks among investors. They've engaged, engaged Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, I believe, um, ostensibly to sell the club. Now, Liverpool came back and said, well, we're all we receive expressions of interest. We're looking for investors, blah, blah, blah. Um, but this is pretty huge, and, which is why we're talking yeah. about this and not the fact that Liverpool's C team went out <laughs> and needed penalties to beat Derby County. Yeah, true. They needed penalties to start with. With the game, the football, Quavin Callahan in goal, yeah. again, amazing in the penalty shootout. He's won four now, four penalty shootout in, what, 18 games, I think? That's an amazing it's stat. An, it's an amazing ratio, the, the best okay. ever in, in Liverpool history as a goalkeeper. All of that, that was great. The kids got to play. We saw right. uh, a few talented ones. And in the end, they qualified. This is most important. Now, the same. Because... Is it for you a sale? Is it for you new investors selling a few shares of the club? Is it a bit of both? Is it what FSG as Fenway Group are saying like, well, let's see what's coming our way now. We've put, we're testing the water, as the English like to say. So there's a couple things I think going on here. Um, first and foremost, all those long lists of like, oh, potential investors, people actually put out odds. Is it Stephen Pagliuca? Is yeah. it the Saudi media group? Is it Jim Ratcliffe? Um, ignore all that because I don't think we're anywhere near that stage. I think one of the single most important things to consider, which I think is actually kind of underreported right now, is that right now there is that Super League case in front of the European Court of Justice. Mm. We expect a preliminary verdict in just before the World Cup final uh, towards the end of December and then we expect a definitive uh, verdict in, in the weeks or months following that. Now obviously if the verdict goes uh, the Super League's way, the Super League case brought by Real Madrid, Juventus and Barcelona, the value of Liverpool goes up yeah. tremendously. Uh, you know, it may not be three billion or whatever number they, they chuck around, it could be ten billion instantaneously because yeah. that is a complete game changer. So. Whereas if they lose, the value of Liverpool doesn't really change because we kind of have the status quo. Mm. So if I'm selling you this pen, Jules, and I know that there is a chance that in two months this pen will be worth ten times or five times what it's worth now, I'm not going to sell it to you. You're not selling it to you quickly, right? Exactly. Um, I think that's one big factor to yeah. consider. I do not expect anything happening quickly. I think the other big question is the fact that this came out so publicly because you know when we saw Chelsea they ended up they, they, they denied and denied and now we know that they were up for sale like three years before yeah. not up for sale they were willing to entertain offers yeah. which is let's face it this is where Liverpool are now and yet they weren't actually circulating decks now people say well people for people who don't know an investment deck is basically it's like a business plan it's like a proposal of yeah, with, figures, quite, quite detailed, and, with yeah. figures projections and so on how they calculate their value whatever to print physical copies, and again, and Ornstein got his hands on one of these, yeah. and you know, it means that they're not exactly moving very secretly about no, this. No, they wanted this to be known, clearly. They I definitely, definitely, I think, wanted this to be known. They've been uh, there 12 years, you can understand why, whether it's a full sale or just investment and part ownership, whatever, you can understand why they're seeking this for, for the good of Liverpool Football Club. And, well, for the or for, and for their good as well. Or yeah, for their own good, but, right? You know, why money. not the club needs an investment, needs more money to be able to compete with... Well, and, and I think that others. in some ways is the elephant in the room, mm. right? Um, obviously, these are very, very wealthy men. Uh, they look at the landscape around Europe. They look at how much faith do we have in cost controls and the ability of the game to regulate itself. Not from a competitive balance standpoint. It's not about keeping the cartel. It's about keeping costs low yeah. so that people who are investors can actually make money off it because look i don't think i'm revealing a secret paris saint germain uh and manchester city saudi we don't know yet yeah whatever they say now about being profitable with investments you know but over the years they have obviously put in a lot of money yeah. which in terms of bottom line return bottom bottom line dollar return they did not get back so no. they lost money for they many many have, years right we'll never get back unless they sell 
Yeah, and they can say we got them back in terms of image, soft power, whatever. I don't want to get into that argument, yeah. right? But the point is, um, Henry and Warner, and people at FSG, they're not interested in soft power. They're interested in delivering some kind of return. Of course. So the, the question the is, are they low? Are they not where they want to be? Obviously, we've gone into a recession. Yeah. Is this why they're doing it? Maybe they bought the club for what, 400 million? Was it 12 if, years ago? If they sell it for 3 billion now, I mean, that's an incredible profit. And they, those people are finance people. This yeah. is what they do, they, they, they investment people. All right, Jules, I, I want to explain. I think most of our listeners know, uh, but just for the avoidance of doubt, to make this very, very clear, when we say, oh, they're the richest club in the world, they have this much money, and blah, 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 that's not really how, how clubs work. So clubs operate as businesses. Yeah. Some clubs, if they make losses, they have owners who who go and make up those losses by putting in money, yeah. or they'll invest in the club, they'll, they'll be an interest-free loan, or they'll raise the equity so that the club have physical cap. That's they're, their they're, own money. That's that, that'll be the owner's yeah. That'll be the owner's money, and it can be an ownership group, it can be a corporation, yeah, yeah. it doesn't necessarily need to be like an individual, right? Um, FSG is, obviously they have, they have different interests in, in the, the Boston Red Sox and, and whatnot. Um, they have investors who seek a return. Now the majority of FSG shares are held, I think I'm right in saying, by uh, John W. Henry and, and Warner. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's not like it's not like it's a it's not like it's a listed company in the stock exchange where they have thousands of investors and they have to pay a dividend otherwise the stock market price goes down or whatever right so they can take a hit for a while longer they can make decisions that other companies might not make but ultimately um they need cash to run and i think and, and the issue of having cash on hand as opposed to just a positive balance sheet i i, I think those are those are two different things. Those are really really important. Yeah. Um, so one way that people have looked at this is the game is just getting too expensive. We cannot compete with Manchester United and Real Madrid have a structural advantage. It's not that yeah. I don't want to get into like they're a bigger club or whatever. But, no, 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 but objectively, yeah. they are bigger brand and Bayern Munich. Yeah. Those and are bigger brands yeah. who have exploited their brand, who have grown their brand for a long time, exactly. as opposed to you know. I think it also matters where these people are, and I'm saying this in the nicest possible way, but, you know, Liverpool is not a wealthy city no. relative to Munich, say. It's not as big yeah. as these other cities like yeah. Munich or, 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 or like Madrid. I mean, Munich is, it's, it's the richest city in the richest part of the richest economy or, or the biggest economy in Europe, right? Yeah. Germany. Yeah. So there's all these structural advantages. Yeah. So it's, like, it's tough to compete with those guys. It's tough to compete with Paris Saint-Germain and City who you know have this availability of of cash yeah at some point we don't want liverpool's value to go down if we can't keep putting in money right yeah um, and the team the value would go down if the team is not doing as well as they have been doing for the last seven eight years really and the problem that is you fall behind in terms of how much money you can invest in your right. team to buy players then then you will start dropping and it's i think arsenal is perhaps an example of that you know people used to make fun of wenger when he talked about the top four yeah. trophy or whatever <clears throat> but the reality arsenal had what three years four years outside the champions yeah. they're still not in the champions yeah, league yeah. so that means that those four years if you're not playing champions league you know you're getting depending what your revenue is, you're getting sort of 15, 20% less each year. Exactly. And so that means that as in, that means you either spend less, it means your owner has to put in, put in money in terms of yeah. equity, or it means that you, or it means you have to take on debt. Yeah, or sell, sell some of your best players that you would not want to sell. Or you have to sell some exactly. of your best players, yeah. So you don't want to get into that situation. No, and I think FSG have done a lot of good things with that club. They've made mistakes, of course, and remember the, during the pandemic, some of the decisions maybe, but the, the training ground, the stadium, club, I mean, of course, right. but even the team that won the Champions League and won the league for the first time in 30 years, they did good things. I think right now it feels like whether they sell the whole club or just have new investors, it feels like they need a bit of fresh blood coming in as well. Maybe to refreshing after 12 years is a long time to own a football club, to try to keep it at the top, be consistently successful and well, it's a long time if, if you have new people coming in with maybe different ideas, money to invest in. Because let's not forget as well that they built this incredibly successful team also on the back of the sell from Coutinho and the sell from Suarez. Yeah. 
if you don't sell those two players at that time, I'm not sure how you build this squad that then won you all those things. And now you don't have those assets anymore really in your team. Yeah, and you, you can't go and sell players at crazy inflated prices to Barcelona the exactly, way you did the time, in the past. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I also want to point something else out that, you know, broadly speaking, football clubs make money in, in three different ways. Mm. Uh, they make money through stadium income. So in other words, by, by selling out the stadium, having luxury boxes, whatever. They yeah. make money through commercial income and sponsorships, and they make money from prize money from what they get from their performances in the league and in the Champions League. Now, so in terms of commercial income and sponsorship, Liverpool have generated a lot of money around yeah. the world, of course, but you know they're not where Real Madrid or, or Bayern are, uh, sorry, or, or um, Manchester United are. But equally, there's a worldwide recession right now, right? Yeah. It, Times are tough, so it's not you're not going to run into that many companies who are like, oh yeah, yep. sure, I'll cut you, you know, a twenty million check so you can put my logo here, right? It's yeah. just it's a yeah. lot tougher to do, which is also why we're seeing a lot of slightly weirdo sponsors. You know, yeah, we, we we've talked about that. with Fulham, with Man City, we've yeah, gotten ripped yeah. off. So TV right money, you might expect now, will stagnate. So the prize money down. is linked to the TV rights money. Exactly. So the couple of things. So when the TV rights go up as a whole, that's obviously good for your club, but when they go up for a whole, like you have to see how they go up for everybody in your league, yeah. right? And everybody in the Champions League. So that doesn't really move the needle. The question is how much can you keep out earning your rivals by finishing higher than in the league and so on uh, and going further in the Champions League? Now, they've done a great job of that. It's certainly not guaranteed. No. To do that, you need to have a good team on the Ex pitch. It's, it's really hard to keep exactly. that level. The other aspect, though, I think is also stadium income. Um, and here I go back to Liverpool's geography, right? This is not one of the wealthier parts of England, they have 30 miles away, they have, or 35 miles away, they have Manchester United, who, mm -hmm. you know, remain a behemoth of a brand with tons of fans. They have Manchester City, who've been phenomenally yeah. successful on their own doorstep. Okay, they have Everton, who... Yeah, but building a new stadium. You or know, building a new stadium, cool. it's tough timing. Everton have a, a, big, a big fan base. For all this idea that, oh, we have 700 million fans around the world, the fans who bring you the most money are the ones who show up to yeah. the game who because they buy the tickets, the merchandise, the concessions. There's only so much you can squeeze mm. your local fan base, right? You can't build a 250,000-seat stadium, although <laughs> Florentino Perez might try to do that one day. So, you know, there's a whole business model yeah. piece to this that I think people need to, people need to understand. Uh, Jurgen Klopp, though, is very categorical about this. He came out and he said, whatever happens, I'm staying. Yeah, Pretty whatever much, happened, right? he said like he's committed to to the club, regardless of ownership. He said also that when he, I think when he extended his deal uh, not that long ago, it was on the belief that you know it was the partnership with FFG as well and the owners of the club. That's why I think he believes more right now that they're just looking for investors. I think he may even say like the club is not for sale per se, as in the whole you know, the whole club. We'll have to see. I don't know exactly what he knows or what they've told him or not uh, because. As, like you rightly said, I think the door is open to anything, really. Uh, but it's a good thing, at least, to have a manager who's like, yeah, this is not really bothering me. This is not a negative pressure or right. negative influence or negative noise because we know where we are, we know what we're doing, and we're going to keep doing what we've been doing. Now, one of the other things which I think is significant here in terms of how they went about doing it. I mean, you said before, and I tend to agree, right? If you produce an investment deck, you've got an actual physical something that you can't yeah. deny, right? Um, the fact that they wanted it out, I think is relevant because if there's one thing that I've kind of learned covering this business and sometimes the, the business of football is that there aren't that many billionaire private yeah, equity groups out not. there. And to some degree, they kind of all know each other. Yeah, yeah. So if they wanted to do this quietly, the way, for example, they did it quietly when they sold, um, I think it's 11% of Fenway Sports Group, mm. they sold it to Redbird. As far as I know, they didn't engage in investment bank to find Redbird. They didn't, you know, they just, they knew the guys. Yeah. They, 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 they called up, hey, Jerry, you know, <laughs> you want to talk? Can we do business? Whatever. And they did the deal. Now, I'm purely speculating here. People are, you shouldn't speculate. Well, no, nah, this is kind of part of the thing because there's only so much we know. I would get the impression that they have perhaps gone to the people that they know and the sources that they know. And it's a lot of people yeah, in the US. It would make sense. And they've gone to them quietly. They weren't able, it, at this moment in time, because we're not in a good place, the world is not in a good place yeah, financially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
And so they said, all right, Goldman, Morgan Stanley, you guys go out there and find us other someone. people. There's people yeah. in other parts of the world. Um, but here's my... Does that worry you? I mean... Does that mean that maybe Liverpool is not as attractive as they thought it might be? Or maybe because of the recession and the, the context economically, it's, it's not maybe the right time to It's tough to, to say. Open? Look, it could also be something else. It could also be, okay, you know, John and Tom sit there and say, all oh, right, we're probably going to have to inject another 50 million in cash each this year. Oh, wait, what if we could sell X percent of the club yeah. to somebody else to do that for us? Mm. Oh, yeah, good idea. Why don't we try it? Worst thing comes to worst, we'll just reach in our own pockets and put yeah. that in, right? So I, I think that's, that's part of the piece yeah, as well, yeah, right? It doesn't mean the sky is falling. It doesn't mean that John W. Henry's living, you know, uh, uh, under, under the T bridge <laughs> in, uh, in Boston. Um, but it is relevant. We saw that with, with Redbird as well, who Redbird owned 11% of Fenway Sports Group. Obviously, they, they bought Milan for $1.2 billion. Um, I think it's been reported and I confirmed it that, you know, they didn't actually give $1.2 billion. They gave... Half of it? I, I, it's, it's more than half. But they gave... But a portion of it, they borrowed. It's called a vendor loan. And it's not unusual. It's what, it's what happened with Newcastle as well, yeah. with, with Amanda Staley sure. They borrowed it effectively from the person, from the people who are selling them the club, and they'll kind of pay it back over over time. It's kind of like, kind of like when you when you buy a car, you've got car payments to make, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, so I said, but I, I and it's not because it's a bad investment. It's because this is the landscape right now mm. for these people. So I wouldn't worry about it too much if I'm if I'm a Liverpool fan. Yeah. I think the imperative for them is we want Liverpool to maintain their value. And we need to put money into it. Because if Liverpool become what Arsenal were in that kind of fallow period where they're not making top four, and they're not as relevant as they were, yeah. then the value of Liverpool as a whole drop. yeah. drops, right? Mm. I wonder too, though, Jules, they have made a commitment. John W. Henry, after the Super League fiasco, yeah. he essentially, he apologized. He made that video. He made a commitment. Super League is not an option for us. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned the mistakes that they made at some points. That was one of them. The further scheme was another one. Uh, they have rectified them as well as they could. But, but I'm thinking specifically but, of the Super League, because if you say we're not joining the Super League, you know, as long as I'm here, yeah. you're making a commitment perhaps even on behalf of the club. Yeah. Now, obviously, another owner could come in and be no, like, of course. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah, care what John yeah. Henry said. You know, I'm the boss now. I'm the and boss now. To and do that. Yeah, yeah, here no, we of go. Course. You know. It's just the relationship with Liverpool fans is obviously very strong, as in the club to the fans and the fans mm. to the club. Uh, we saw the backlash that those decisions created back then. Under the previous owners, well, also oh, before, yeah. with Hicks and Gillette. Hicks and Gillette, that when was very toxic. So, yeah, I think, I think you're accountable, as we say. Accountable, to, yeah. Yeah, to your fans in what you've said before and now what you can do as well. So it'd be very interesting to see what happens in the Super League cases, of course, as you mentioned earlier. And then take it from there but you can't you know you can't not expect maybe a new owner coming and having different views on the on the Super League yeah and I don't think you can rule it out I mean we saw Definitely it with Tom Bowley as well where he said well we don't need the Super League now when he took over Chelsea when he gave that interview um, but I'm not putting anything off the table it would be stupid to do that yeah. right uh, from his perspective fine um, so yeah I I would tend to I, I would tend to agree with you. If I'm a Liverpool fan, you sit tight, you wait. You need to lose this idea that oh, we need to be bought by some billionaire from the Gulf to chuck money in. I don't, yeah. I don't think that business model is sustainable. I don't think that business model is uh, desirable. Yeah. I, I'm before City and Paris Saint Germain fans jump all over me. I'm talking a business model where you lose money every year, yeah, which yeah. is why both City and Paris Saint Germain. You know, they would say, and I think they are trying to move towards some level of break-even or profitability. Yeah. Um, I think that's the reality of, of where we are. It's definitely, I think, a situation to, to keep an eye on. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match 
with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough Liverpool. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Barcelona do it the hard way on the road to Osasuna. They go a goal down early. They play with more than an hour with 10 men after Robert Lewandowski's red card. But still, they win 2-1. Jules, victories like these matter emotionally, right? You're right, Gab. They matter a lot in terms of points to start with because you stay at the top and you open a five-point gap with Real Madrid, of course, before they play on Thursday night. Uh, emotionally, you're right to get this team even more together, to believe even more. You saw the narrative, we've got grit, we've of got bounce back. Which ability. it was, because to be fair, Osasuna played so well, don't deserve to lose that game, maybe no. not even to draw it. Barca struggled, some changes, some players missing, of course. The red card by Lewandowski, but yet to come back from 1-0 down at 11, at 10 against 11, and to score first Pedri, and then a lovely Rafinha goal from the young uh, assist. A header, it's no great. less. Yeah, header. Um, it's really, on Lewandowski's really red card, so when I first saw it, I said, what? Mm. And then I watched the replay, and I said, and I have to assume that Robert Lewandowski, after... 500 games or however many as a yeah. professional. It's only his second red card in his career. That's fine, but he knows exactly. I think so. He, he knows exactly what at, he's doing. David Garcia, I think it was. He's on the yellow already. If you're not on the yellow and you want to like, you know, go a bit tough, maybe. Although I think that was a straight red, which I think a second yellow was, was think, fair. But why? Yeah. Why are you doing that? Like, I, don't, I really didn't get it. It's, it's an odd one. And it's by really the way, weird. conspiracy theorists, it's not because he wants some rest before the World Cup. Definitely not. Definitely not. And Gerard Piquet said he was uh, quitting at the weekend, of course, but stuck around to make up the numbers on the bench for that game against Susasuna. The guy got sent off without coming on. Sent off in your last ever game. Wow. I wonder where I've seen that before. I can't remember. Hmm. Anyway, uh, so uh, insulting the referee as well. I mean, it's come on. weird and unnecessary. And I have to say, if you're the referee, probably unnecessary to yeah. send them off it's like you're not going to see this dude ever again like really you can't just pretend I know. That, I mean, like, it makes him on just like he wanted his name in the headlines yeah. Yeah. again yeah Chelsea lose to Manchester City in the League Cup 2-0 as we had Mara Shines Jules I know it's the League Cup so it shouldn't matter but it's three defeats in the last four for Graham Potter yeah, it's not good. I mean, we can say that they played a bit, a bit better, which is true. I mean, Anil Nil Pulisic has a great chance to score. They have chances in the second half as well. And, and in terms of what we saw before from Chelsea, especially at the weekend against Arsenal, even with the changes that Potter made, this was a bit better. But you still lost and you didn't score. And yeah, OK, you create some chances, but you could have yeah, considered more goals too. The performance is better. I thought the performance was better. I was. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. Well, we can't have it both ways, right? We can't say performance. No, 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 no. Which is true, and we, we, you know, we praise them for that. Go away to Newcastle at the weekend right. now and try to do the same with the win this time, or at least exactly. Draw. Our boy Roberto De Zerbi does it again. Gab Brighton win three-one away at Arsenal in the League Cup. Yeah, I don't know. It was at Arsenal in the sense it was at the Arsenal Stadium. I'm not sure they were playing Arsenal as much as they were playing Eddie and Ketia and a bunch of. There was a B team from Arsenal, and there was changes from Brighton too. That's fine. You know my love for the <laughs> Uh I think it's important. This is this, this competition is important for Brighton. I think they can do something in yeah. it, um, especially with now you know Arsenal, Chelsea, and Spurs all out of the competition. West Ham too. All I, the London clubs apart from Charlton, I think. It's apart crazy. from Charlton, and yeah. you know. Brighton is obviously London by the sea, right? It's not that far away. So, um, yeah, look, well done to them. Builds a momentum, builds a legend of Roberto De Zerbi. Uh, if, you're, if you're Arsenal, 
you know, I, I read somewhere, oh, there's not enough depth. No, who cares? This is irrelevant. Doesn't yeah. matter. Really doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Move on. Probably a good thing that they're going to talk. Bayern turned it on against Werder Bremen, winning 6-1 as Serge Gnabry bags a hat-trick. Jules, they're now four points clear, and as I see it, the lead is only going to get bigger. Yeah, I think so, Gab. We said it. Union was a great story until... Well, until yeah. he lasted, until he ended, and then he, he, he has ended now. I can tell you that. I mean, going forward, Bayern was so good against Werder Bremen. They are not, I mean, they're they, they, they okay. I think they were seventh in the table. They're not just this super defensive, solid team at all. So they were always going to leave space. But Bayern took their chances well, even after Manik came off. Even after Chupo missed, missed a penalty, by the way, so he didn't score in that game. Uh, but there was always going to be one winner, and to score six, I, they could have scored more. I've forgotten about Gnabry and how good he can be. I oh, feel like he had so good. <laughs> and sometimes we forget that he can play so narrow as well yeah. and doing really well. Napoli have now built up an eight-point gap in Serie A, the top of Serie A, for following the two-nil win against Empoli. Gab Oziman didn't score, but he did get a penalty. He did win a penalty? He did get a penalty, which he left to Chucky Lozano yeah. to take, because of course, you know, this is. I think it speaks to. I don't. I don't know because Osimhen's taking some, Osano's taking others. I think Zelinski's taking penalties yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Zelinski scoring the second in this game. The penalty was kind of bogus, but yeah, on balance, I thought they deserved to win the game. It's an incredible run. I think in the last 14 games, they lost to Liverpool. Won every other game. Yeah. Um, they're in a good place. This was way back on Monday night, but still significant. Real Madrid lose 3-2 at Rayo Vallecano. Not a good performance, Jules. No, no, I told Gab the first defeat in the league this season uh, in, in a place where it's hard to play. It's a hostile crowd. It's a small stadium. It's, and, and Rayo played really well. A bit like what we said with the Sassuna before. It's true that they played really well. However, this was just not good, not good enough with the ball in terms of creativity, creating chances. They had no idea, no rhythm, no intensity. And defensively, I mean, come on, considering three goals, they haven't kept a clean sheet all season in the league. Courtois are not happy. I think they considered 13 in 13 or something crazy like that. They have, I think, a lot of work. To, I don't know if it's work to do or maybe just to be a bit more committed at times, you know, in those kind of games where maybe you, you're not taking it too seriously or seriously enough? I think the problem is when you have superstars and you, re and you rely on superstars doing superstar things and they don't happen to do it on the day, that's when you run into problems. Valverde yeah. tried one of his uh, trademark finishes. Did you yeah. see like where it, where it ended Ooh, up? Like, in the balcony? This? Yeah, no, no, exactly. And no Karim Benzema, Gab, in that game, of course. Some are suggesting that he's saving himself for the World Cup, which prompted a, a no response from Carlo Ancelotti. Of course, because Carlo Ancelotti will always stick up for his oh, players yes. in public, especially if they're superstars. I don't think for a minute Karim Benzema is saving himself for the World Cup. I just think the man is 34 years old. He's yeah. been through the wars. He's not always going to be there, which is why in the summer, when Mbappe didn't come, many of us said, well, wait a minute. You know, we've got Asensio expiring contract. You got yeah. Hazard perennially unfit. You got Mariano Diaz, who is Mariano Diaz. And I know that's a tautology, but you know what that means. Jovic had left. Uh, you need another body. You need another live body. Yeah. Rodrigo at center forward is a nice idea, but come on. You yeah. can't rely on this week in, week out. Tottenham Hotspur are out of the League Cup, losing 2-0 to Nottingham Forest. I guess it's some fixture congestion relief for Antonio Conte. But did he really have to play Harry Kane? I don't think so, but, he, but Conte said, oh, that's, that's the only team I could have played. This is the only players I could have played. Uh, I think if you really want to, you can always find a way. Play a bunch of no-names. But, but yeah, this can't be your priority anyway. So what's the point of starting almost your strongest team in a game like that and not even winning it? At least if you win and you have a bit of momentum and you go into the last game of the week of the, before the break at the weekend in a different mind. Now you lost to Liverpool, you lost to Forest. Back-to-back -back games, you're under pressure again and you're going to yeah. play those players again. It's just like, come on, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. Roma drew with Sassuolo 1-1 on a Wednesday night gap and Jose Mourinho was not happy, especially with, with one single player. Yeah, I have, I have never Crazy. seen... I, like, we, we've seen Mourinho at times yeah. be critical of players and so on. But that's right. No, I have seen it before. And it was your buddy Gerard Houllier picking on David Ginola after, uh, oh, yeah, after, uh, the, after uh, France Bilgai failed again. to qualify for the 94 World Cup. But you know what? That was like nearly 30 years ago. Yeah. This is extremely yes. rare. Uh, he came out and he said, oh, everybody on the team was pulling together. Everybody was showing unity except for one wow. guy. Now, obviously, say who he is, but we all know. He, he didn't say who it is. Uh, everybody's assuming he's <laughs> referring to Rick Karstorp, who yeah. was poor in this game, and also who 
at the weekend after the, the, the Lazio uh, defeat in the derby when all the Roma players went this ritual that they have in Italy and in Germany too yeah. after the game you go under the curva where the ultras are and you either soak up the applause if you've done well or you okay, take the abuse apologize. Yeah, yeah. or you, you apologize right? people say it's a stupid ritual whatever whatever it is Karsdorp wasn't there for that Mourinho actually said oh I've already told him to go find himself a new club in January <laughs> uh it's pretty extreme. Again, you have to put your faith in Mourinho that he knows what buttons to push. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, again, not something you see every day of the week. No. France announced a World Cup squad. Jules, how do we feel about the world champions? Uh, we feel good. Good. I mean, especially attacking-wise because they're the front seven, the seven magnificent, as I call them, that Deschamps picked. Benzema, Mbappé, Nkunku, Dembele, Coman, Giroud... And Griezmann are pretty amazing. Defensively, it's very strong, especially with the youngsters, Konate, Upamecano, Saliba, all of that. In midfield, though, the five players who have been picked in midfield, Rabiot, Chouameni, Fofana, Genduzi, Veretout, none of them have ever played in in the World Cup. Only one has played at the Euros before, Rabiot. Rabiot yeah. and Lack of experience. <laughs> that went well at the Euros, yeah, Rabiot. Exactly. So this is my worry, but hey, trust the process. Was, was Rabiot's mom included in the squad? Ah, ah, from the world champions to the World Cup favorites, yeah, Brazil's squad will not include Roberto Firmino, but there is a place for Daniel Vest, 39, as, as a player or as a like, assistant coach? Yeah. Stop being unkind. Oh. No, Daniel Alves has been playing. He's been playing in Mexico. He's been playing for Unam, right? Well, he hasn't played I, for a while, though. I, I, haven't, I haven't watched the games, but I presume he's fit and moving around the pitch and doing what Daniel Alves does. Yeah. I don't think he's going to start, but... You get 26 players. I have my faith in, in Chichi, and he knows what he's doing. As for Firmino, I feel for him a little bit because I think, obviously, last season was difficult for him. This year, this season was better. Mm. I also think with these players, if you're going to bring a center forward, you, you know, multiple center forwards, ideally, you need actual center forwards, not somebody who is essentially a false nine, which yeah, is how he plays yeah, for Liverpool. I, agree. I think so. So it makes more sense. Pedro, Richarlison. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you're going to go that way. Yeah. Borussia Dortmund lose away to Wolfsburg 2-0. Jules, did we get a little too carried away with our excitement over Yusufa Mukoko? No, I don't think so. But we've said, not just this season, Gab, but in the last, I don't know, five years maybe, that consistency was their problem anyway. And they can be very good like they were at the weekend and then in midweek. Not good at all. And I thought they'd move past that. But no, they clearly haven't. We said after the draw against Chelsea that Dortmund might implode between now and the, when that game is going to be played. And... and you saw a Dragon lot of that City. against Wolfsburg. It is just, Wolfsburg, one, are not very good. But two, they scored early uh, and, and that helped them, of course. But then Dortmund didn't have any response to it. Do you know what I mean? It was just not, it was just not good. It was uh, like a very average performance, average game. And in the end, you lose. And all this kind of credit that you had before, you've lost as well already. Can we give some love for Nicolas Suda, though, as a, as a rampaging so, right back? I, I, I you know even... my thing for oversized fullbacks, whether it's yeah, Nicolas Suda yeah, or them, right? Dan Byrne. That's pretty yeah, cool. I know. Um, Atletico Madrid fall at Mallorca 1-0 Gab out of Europe entirely. Now joined fourth in La Liga. If you're at Cholo Simeone, why are you thinking? Or if you're Atletico Madrid, why are you thinking right now in terms of your manager? You sack him? For Atletico Madrid, as in like the club, as in like Cerezo and uh, and Hill and these guys, um, I think you're thinking, yeah, let's wait for the situation to get really bad because we don't have the stones, we don't have the guts to let Diego Simeone go, and he's a proud man, and it's more likely no, that he will walk away. Get, like, come on. Well, that. they're they're fourth in the table, right? No, I know, but they're joint fourth in the table. They're better than the teams around them. I think that is how bad it can get. He needs to have an obvious rethink. This thing at the end of the game where it's like, oh, let me chuck on Lamar and Joel Fedex. A all these anyone and everyone, yeah. Hey, this is not a team. This is where a situation where you have a bunch of talented individuals. They had a team ethos before where people had specific roles. It was a ton of chemistry. Now you have a bunch of pieces that don't fit together. Yeah. And your solution in games, if you know, unless you, you score early, is to throw these guys on and wait for them to do something. It didn't happen against yeah. Mallorca. Uh, they need to go better. I, I think he needs to take to really, really have a long reflection over this break because Atleti fans, I think, deserve better. Yeah. And then, by the way, we also saw, I think it was the last game before this, that uh, the Frente Atletico, you know, they they staged some kind of protest, some kind of strike where they were late coming in and then they were signed the rest mm, of the game. Yeah, of course. It's They're not just happy. about Simeone, yeah, yeah. but, you know, there are issues there. Yeah. 
It looks like Sadio Mane is out of the World Cup. Jules, this is a body blow for Senegal. It's massive. I think he might be included. He will be included in the squads. As you see, we'll, we'll, we'll hope for the best that maybe he can be fit for the third game. The problem is Senegal are in Group A, so they play straight away. At least if they were in the last group, for example, exactly. they'll have a bit more time. Now it's tricky. I was told it's three to four weeks uh, for the injury that he picked up on, on Tuesday night, which is devastating really for him let's just hope that he can at least be fit and if they qualify for the last 16 then then he will have a role to play but it's such a long shot it's crazy Inter bounce back from the defeat to Juventus with a 6-1 that's right 6-1 win of, against Bologna and Gab Simon Inzaghi has a way of averting a full full blown crisis sorry yeah, and the way is just play Bologna because I think they, uh, I think they scored the last time they had scored six. Uh, they were playing Bologna as well. Really? Wow. Um, they went a goal down in this game to one of the and go, go on YouTube and check this out because it is one of the luckiest ah, own goals. That, oh, no, sorry, it wasn't an own goal, but the Bologna guy shot it. It hits hits Liko Yanis, takes a weird uh, trajectory into the back of the net. And this is when you wonder Inter coming off the feet. But look, I said against Juve, they they weren't bad yeah, against Juve. No, they right. played well. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Simone Inzaghi, I don't know how he does it because Inter is a zoo, but he has a way of keeping things calm. He has a way. This feels, dare I say, more like a team mentally yeah. than... Uh, well, um, good by Jaco as well. Wow. Jaco. I, I thought wow. he was the attackers. And two goals as well for my boy, Fede Di Marco. Five wins in a row now for Leipzig, who beat second place Freiburg 3-1. Jules, the Rosa effect is real. Yeah, yeah, it's real, Gab. Great performance, especially in the second half again. Scoring back-to-back, -back, like really back-to-back -back goals, I think 55-56, something like that. Simakon and, and, and Kunku, and Kunku again, what a performance. What a player. He's becoming, he's becoming even better than what he was last season with, with Marco Rosa now. The way they play football, so it was like the same. So well done to Rosa, well done to the team because they, they're on the up. And I think it's a little bit late now to compete with Bayern, I think, uh, unfortunately. But they're doing great things. So Yeah, it, it, it's weird because, as you know, I, I, my, my feelings on Marco Rosa have come and gone. I was yeah, a big fan of him when fan. he was at Gladbach. High hopes for him at Dortmund. Hated the way it it ended. Yeah. Hated kind of just couldn't impose himself at all. I know he takes over and he said, "Well, you know, if if Tedesco couldn't get it done, but he's doing a lot better yeah. with Tedesco's Great players." Job. So yeah. credit to Rosa. Yeah, Milan are held uh, by Cremonese nil nil. Stefano Pioli makes a lot of changes. Gab drop points like this could cost them the title, though, and maybe more than that. They they definitely could. They missed Olivier Giroud in this game. He was obviously suspended for taking off his shirt. Celebration. Yeah. He felt so bad. Poor guy. Um, what I will say before people get all doom and gloom about them being eight points behind Napoli is Milan won the title last season, correct? Yeah. Last season at this stage, they had 32 points. Yeah. This season, they have 30 points. So... I don't know if it's so much a case that suddenly they're yeah, They worse. were not eight points behind someone who's flying last season. Yeah, but they can't control that. No, I mean, yeah, I know, they could have controlled. They could have beat Napoli when they played them, and they didn't. I know. But you, 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 you yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, if you assume Napoli are going to slow down, I mean, and kick it up a notch, then they're back in the race. I, I don't think it's quite as as OTT as some people no, make it up. Maybe. Wild stuff in Sevilla, Jules, as Jorge Sampaoli's crew have Rakitic and Nyanzu sent off before halftime and lose 2-1 as against Rasodirad. And we saw the only living sword loss in ca what captivity goal. emerge to score tremendous what goal. goal. That chip, you didn't know it? he had that in his locker, did well, you? I didn't expect him to do that, that finish at all. At that point, I thought he was going to smash it in. And instead, it was just nice and, you know, swift and everything. I mean, we said we were worried about Sevilla before and uh, San Paoli. Uh, I mean, too many red cards to start with. Too many, you know, they didn't lose the, the derby, but too many red cards. It looks like there's, there's frustration within that camp, within the, the way the players play, the fouls that they make. Uh, and, and it's just not looking good. And yeah, this was a big test because Russell are a good team, of course. Nianzu is a young player and... Maybe his head got to him and whatever, and I thought that red card was a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit maybe. But if you're Rakitic, how do you get yourself sent off I in know. a game like this? Well, so well, early well, as well. What it's is your excuse? Good. There's no excuse. There's no right. excuse. It, it, I, mean, I thought he really let himself down there. Yeah. Atalanta make a bunch of changes and lose at Lecce 2-1, dropping down to fifth now. But Gab, I want to ask you about the highly rated central defender Caleb Okoli. So the interesting thing is, we are turning into 
France in Italy. And, and look, yeah. this is a natural thing with, uh, with, with immigration patterns and stuff like that. Caleb Bacali is of Nigerian descent. He was born in Italy. He was raised in Italy. He's Italian. Uh, he's played at youth level right up to the under-21s for Italy. He's, he's a very good central defender. Mm-hmm. He has not yet been capped by Roberto Mancini. Obviously, won't be capped at the World Cup. Oh. I think you know why. Um, it's a shame. So Nigeria gets on the phone. Uh, this is what happens. It's funny because people made a parallel between this and Christian Volpato, who plays for Roma, whose yeah. parents are are Australian, uh, or who's also Australian. His parents are of Italian descent, so he has an Italian passport. And he, too, is like, you know, he got a call from, from Australia. Do you want to go to the World Cup and so on, which annoyed Mourinho, apparently. Uh, I find it interesting about the world we're in that here we have the son of Italian immigrants to Australia yeah. who's in a sort of has to decide between nations. And here we have another guy who is you know, who's deciding between nations who is the son of, of Nigerian. Welcome to my uh, world. You know, this is yeah, welcome to France. Right? <laughs> I know, the dilemma is there. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash G-A-B-J-U-L-S now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. Much of the horror of producer Freddie Union Berlin dropped points again, held 2-2 by Augsburg. Jules, do you expect them to continue sinking like a stone? I don't want them to. I love the story. It's a great story. We've explained before that it would not last because the squad has no depth, because of the way they play, because of all of that. They can't, you know, I don't think they could challenge for the title through the whole season. But I don't want them to fall. I, I want them to keep being able to manage the the Europa League and the league and, and finish top six again like they did last year would be True. perfect. Yeah, it's called regression to the mean. People say, oh, expected goals don't they matter. Yeah, they now, overachieved yeah. them tremendously and yeah. now this is what you exactly. get. Gab, we have a final decision in the Baron Castillo case. Remember, the, the court of arbitration for sport cards said that Ecuador will get to play in the World Cup, but they will have a three-point penalty in World Cup qualifying, obviously, you know, for the, for the next one. Does that seem fair to you? Yeah, so, no, this, so, okay. From, from a legal standpoint, no, it's grossly unfair for the simple reason that this guy is not Ecuadorian. Uh, <laughs> this guy is from a different country. Yeah. This guy played with forged papers um, yeah. and fake papers for a number of years. So from that perspective, it's not fair. From another perspective, I think Cass did right, did, did well to consider two things. One is the World Cup is 10 days away. You so on, you yeah. can't kick Ecuador out and, you know, rejigger everything. Hey, Chile, come on in. It yeah. makes no sense, right? Um, from the other perspective, Byron Castillo, I think it was three years ago, four years ago, gave testimony in the Ecuadorian inquiry where he said, no, yeah, as far as I know, I was born in Colombia. And as far as I know, like, these papers are fake and I'm actually Colombian. Yeah, so whatever. This is not new. It's we, not new. He admitted it. it. Shows. I think the question is, how was this allowed to continue yeah, happening? Exactly. And they only found out now. Um, and ultimately, Cass said, well, in the end, whichever way you got it, you have an Ecuadorian passport. And this is important, too, because he's lived in Ecuador since he was very, very little. So even if he had been born abroad, yeah. had he gone through a different system, he could have been naturalized as Ecuadorian yeah. and would have been naturalized yeah, just by residency. So I it's think in the end, story. they got to the right, to, to the right outcome. Um, Manchester United have been fined £82,000 for failing to control their players in successive games against Tottenham and Chelsea. 
Does this make sense to you, Jules, or is this punishment just totally insignificant? Completely insignificant. I've said it to you before. I think I ranted about it earlier this season. I don't understand them. This is only in England, really. This is, I don't, don't get it. Because guess what? They will do it again. The players don't think, oh, I can't go to the referee. I, I can't go into argy-bargy with the opposition because the club is going to get fined. This is, this is completely pointless. And yet, yeah. you, you get some money in. If, if you want to cut this out, if you don't like it, rather than punishing the point? Manchester United 0.0001% of their annual revenue, yeah. then what you do is, since you have cameras ever and video evidence, right? You can either find the players or better yet, suspend the players. Exactly. You know, hey, you, uh, Victor Lindelof, why did you walk aggressively? No, too aggressive, referee? exactly. Give him a hard time, right? Exactly. If you wanted to snap this out, otherwise, but finding a club, just this does makes no sense whatsoever. A22, the company behind the Super League, had a meeting with UEFA in Yon. Gab, how did that go? I think they were kind of ambushed. So, I, essentially, you know, these are the guys who are behind the Super League. Now they're saying we just want dialogue, an open system. System's all messed up, blah, blah, blah. You can go to their website. They explain to you the Super League reasons. Um, UEFA said, hey, yeah, why don't you come over to Neon? Come over to our house. Let's have some dialogue. And uh, this poor man, this German guy, he's not blanking on his name now. Yeah, uh, I can't remember his name. He, he walks in and sort of in a line, you have not just the guys from UEFA, but you have the European Clubs Association. Yeah, of course. You have FIFPRO. You have representatives from the European <laughs> Professional Leagues. You have all these people lined up and all of a sudden it's like he's like whoa you know look and then they all release statements and at the end of it you know they're like ah productive talks but yeah but no this ain't happening but yeah. no you go through the proper channels sporting merit blah 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 um i i i don't look they before they said like let's do everything in 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 secret and let's essentially break away and form our own competition and we'll present it as a as a fait accompli. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah. All right, there you go. Uh, and force UEFA to uh, to negotiate on our terms, right? And so they were all mean and secretive and people didn't like that. Exactly. This time around, exactly. they're like, hey, look, we're really nice guys. Yeah, yeah let's just yeah. have a conversation. And this is what they get. Uh, the, the gloves are you off. Can't win. You can't win. You can't win. Southampton have appointed Nathan Jones to replace the sacked Ralph Hasenhutl. Uh, Jules, who is he and is he a good choice? He's uh, Sounds an interesting Welsh. choice uh, to start with. He was the Luton manager. No, um, I know no, no, you don't. But okay. we did, did a good job in the sense that I like the fact that Southampton thought a little bit outside of the box and went to get a young, upcoming manager who's doing well, who's doing well in the championship instead of maybe going to, I don't know, I'm saying he got that, them promoted, to Sean Dyche, for example. He got them promoted, no, from, from League One? Or from League One, he got them promoted and then they yeah. were very close, I mean, very yeah. close. They were in the playoffs to come up in the Premier League as well. So, really good track record from him at a different level, let's be right. honest here. This is a different challenge in the Premier League to keep that team up, but with all the youngsters, and I think he works well with youngsters. But yeah, I prefer that than going to get Sean Dyche, or I don't know, all those dinosaurs. I'm <laughs> much happier there, exactly. So good luck to him, good luck to Southampton, but I like the appointment. Now, as I understand it, and again, I'm very open about this, I do not watch the Football League, but I do talk to people who do watch it. His type of football, maybe not as uber pressing running as Ralph Hasenhoff, well, but, but still is? definitely possession oriented yeah. technical players, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it should it should fit well with the squad. It's just a young squad and he's obviously a young manager in every sense of the world. Former FIFA president Seb Blatter says that holding the World Cup in Qatar was a mistake. Thank you for that one. Uh, Gav, should anybody care what he says today, like 12 years after? I, no, and you know what? I, Captain Hindsight, uh, <laughs> seriously, obvious. like, uh, yeah, cause he's, sorry, sorry, no, it was it General Hindsight yeah, and Captain, Captain Obvious, obvious yeah. uh, all rolled into one, into the Swiss, you know, bundle of love. Uh, look, from what we know of the, two, of the 2010 vote, this is what we know, what is pretty much established fact, mm. right? Sepp Blatter did not want the 2022 World Cup to go to Qatar. He was one of 24 people voting, and he would yeah. have had the tie-breaking vote. He wanted it to go to the United States. At least yeah. this is what he told everybody. Yeah. His vote wasn't even needed to send it to Qatar, as it turns out, right? So I'll take him on his word when he says, like, yeah, I voted for the U.S. Fine. The problem is, of the 24 people who were allowed to vote, Two of those 24 people uh, were not allowed to vote because they were found to, they were under investigation for corruption, asking money in exchange for votes before it even started, yeah, which puts you on a good. Before that, yeah. the, of the other 22 people, 
14 of them have either been banned or indicted, okay? A including Blatter, of course, who've yeah, been course. banned, right? Sense, yeah. um, and and have been generally found guilty, uh, the ones where it's gone through. The one who hasn't, of course, is Grondona, because he died before it could happen. <laughs> uh, Otherwise, it would have been. So, what are you saying here? You're saying that that vote was corrupt? Okay, fine. You had an investigation, yeah. right? And what happened? It took you years to get off your backside to go and have this actual investigation into the World Cup vote. By the way, it didn't just concern Qatar. It concerned Russia, Russia 2018 as well. As well. Uh, once you got off your backside, you hired this guy named Michael Garcia, former um, FBI investigator and stuff like that. Which, by the way... Garcia didn't have any subpoena powers, so he couldn't make anybody talk to him. So no. a bunch of people never even talked to him. Yeah. Uh, secondly, because I, I don't know how many people know the story, so I think we, we need to go through this. Secondly, Michael Garcia, not allowed to go visit Russia. And the reason he's not allowed to visit Russia is that in his previous life as a, as a prosecutor, he prosecuted some Russian gangsters in the U.S., so there was an issue where he's not allowed to physically travel to Russia right. and, and, and do any, any kind of investigation, which begs the question, why you hire this dude? But whatever. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, he had a number two, a guy named Cornell Borbilly, who went and did that for him. Thirdly, these guys put together the report, and then when the report needs to be punished, what happens? FIFA say, oh, well, we can't publish the report because there's legal implications, so don't worry. We'll get this other guy, Eckert, I think is his name, the, the German guy, by sounds Swiss or German or whatever. Some other dude says, ah, don't worry. I will read the report for you, and I'll issue a 42 page summary because there's valid legal reasons again lawyers right uh so they sit on this so basically all this time goes by when you could have done something about it yeah you could have done something about it uh and then what happens well blatter goes infantino takes over they're sitting on this report which at that point nobody has read the german magazine build or german newspaper build gets their hands on a copy of the report of course which by the way i think everybody knows who passed them the report yeah. um and then as soon as build say yeah we're going to publish it on wednesday fifa's like all right screw this here's the report it's on pdf it's on the internet you can look for it and i'll tell you what jules and this is a sign of the times of what world cup bidding was like then the only people who come out okay of all the bidding nations in the World Cup, the only ones who I think come out of it with no shame are uh, Holland and Belgium, and to a lesser degree the Japan Korea bid. Yeah. The other ones, to different degrees. Yeah. yeah. You've got stories of the ten-year-old daughter of a FIFA executive committee uh, member having uh, two million dollars transferred to her amount. Uh, what, 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 what kind of ten-year-old uh, earns two million dollars for anything? Uh, you know, there's all sorts of oh, stuff like this. Man. So, yeah, yeah. you know, frankly, Blatter, you don't like it. It was corrupt. Whatever. Uh, fine. But what did you do when you had the chance? Yeah. Nothing. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It looks like you were right, Jules, and Hong Min Son will go to the World Cup. This is pretty huge for Korea, yeah? Yeah, it's big. It's good. I mean, he had surgery. He would have to wear a mask, of course. And again, you don't know. He can borrow one from Osimhen. Yeah, exactly. Although maybe they don't. Maybe it goes yeah, with I, I think shape Osimhen's, of your face. Osimhen's or maybe face the size. Yeah. But it's good. You won the best players at the World Cup. I hope that he recovers both psychologically and physically as well as he can from, from that head clash with Chancel Mbemba in the Marseille game and that he can be at his best or near his I, best for South Korea. Am I being stupid? Please tell me if I'm being stupid on this, right? But obviously it was a, it was a clash of heads. So I'm assuming in terms of muscles and fitness and yeah. ability to run and everything, he's going to be 100%. You know, other than the fact he took a couple of days off. Yeah, yeah. It's just a question for, of, for a bit, but of yeah. whether his head is... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's I safe. think it's more yeah. psychological yeah. than anything else. According to reports, Romelu Lukaku will be included in the Belgium squad if they're convinced that he can be back, at least for the third group game in, in the group stage, Gab. What do you make of this? I, I think it's logical. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> you know my thoughts on the 26-man roster. It's there. Use, Use it. it. Yeah. Take Romelu. In fact, even if he's only fit for the final and he wants to come, 
He's a really popular guy in the dressing room. We spent some time with Vince and Company. Yeah. Clearly, Vince and Company's very, very fond of, yeah. of Lukaku. Yeah. Yeah. Take him along. What, 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 what's he going to do? If he's fit, he plays. If he, I mean, to me, this is a no-brainer. Yeah, I, I think this is what they should do, even if it's later in the tournament. Um, you know, putting these things, oh, the third group game or whatever. I mean, unless you're so superstitious. That, but I would hope yeah. that we've kind of moved past that, no? Definitely. Reports of Germany say Manchester United have targeted... Are you ready ah. for this? Now, this is in case Cristiano Ronaldo moves in January. Yeah. They have the perfect replacement. It's not Marco Arnautovic. It's Eric Maxam Choupo-Moting. Oh, I would love that, to be fair. Would he love that? I don't know. I don't think so. No, I think... Uh, if you're buying, you would not either. Uh, this is never going to happen. <laughs> I, I... But... <laughs> wow, I don't even know what to say. I mean, well done to him. For, you know why this story comes out? Yeah. It's because his contract extension. At the end of the season, exactly. He will get a new deal at Bayern Munich, regardless of if they go and buy a big-name striker in the summer, like a Hurricane or whatever. And he deserves, I think he's earned the right to get that extension now anyway, by the way, because he's been so good for them. Yeah, but it's, I love that. So It's always United that you put, you know, yeah, yeah, I put the name in. But, but it's also like, I don't... Like, he's been phenomenal, right? He didn't score this week, but he scored, yeah. what, seven straight games yeah. and, and, and whatever. I'm assuming I don't know the guy personally, but when you weigh up the pros and cons, you're like, okay, let's see. Germany, where I, I think he partially grew up in Germany, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, 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 so he spent a long time there. Uh, or Manchester. Champions League with Bayern, you know, sit on the bench probably when everybody's fit, or sit on the bench with Manchester United in the Europa League. Assuming that even happens, of course, because they might lose to Barcelona and they could go yeah, yeah, yeah. quickly. Uh, nah, plus, most of all, fight. I'm sorry, but. In England, you're seen as a bit of a, not a laughing stock, but you're seen as somebody who is a Stoke City level. So it's not like you show up. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, like Joe, ex-pro pundit on television, isn't going to be like, oh, look, that's Eric Maxam Supermoting from Bayern. They're going to say, oh, look, that's Eric Maxam Supermoting from Stoke. Yeah. So I, I see no reason why he would want to do this. And frankly, I see no reason why United would do, would do this. If you no. have to replace Cristiano well, Ronaldo, get somebody younger, right? The Big Six lost the vote um, to stop reform of football finances in England. Gab, what do you make of it? Yeah, so they're calling this the New Deal for, for football. And basically what the vote was about was giving the Premier League in discussions with the EFL and the FA a mandate to try to negotiate a new deal. Now... The six Premier League, the, the big six, so Spurs, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, and Manchester United, they all voted against it. It had to be a two-thirds majority to block it, so they didn't get that. Um, the reason that they're against it is it contains certain, or they fear it could contain certain provisions, uh, such as, for example, the funds that the Premier League gives to the Football League. You know, right now they're based on league placement, but there is some suggestion that maybe it should be based on... Um, on, on performance across the board, including the Champions League in, yeah. in Europe, which means that these guys would then have to pay more money. At some point, they need to pass this because the Premier League clubs desperately want certain reforms. And yeah, yeah. Namely, they want to make it easier to sign foreign players. You know, despite post-Brexit, the rules have tightened up. Um, they want to no more FA Cup replays, but just go straight to penalties yeah. um, like they do like in, in the, the League Cup. In the yeah. league cup. Um, these things are important to them. Oh, and for the League Cup, sorry, you know how much I love the League Cup, give teams the options not to participate or to participate with an under-21 side. Yeah. Um, so these are their big ass and they control the money. And essentially, if they give enough money to the Football League, the Football League and the FA will sell themselves to the Premier League like yeah. they always do. But it is interesting. There's a very clear, defined split here between the big six. And it's also interesting, I think, the position Newcastle, who you could argue, you know, could soon be part of them, at least yeah, in terms yeah. of economic might. They said, no, no, no. We'll go the other way. We'll, we'll, we'll side with the little guys. Greg Berhalter has announced his U.S. squad for the World Cup, and there's no Ricardo Pepe, I believe, still the most expensive MLS sale in history. Yeah. Jules? Yeah, I think this is a surprise, of course, like Zach Steffen, to a certain extent, maybe Jordan Peffert, too. Uh, some names that maybe you would have expected to be there in a 26-man squad. Berhalter made his... Choices, I think, you know, he's, he has his reasons, I'm sure. Uh, for Pepe, I think he's been scoring. He's been doing well in the Eredivisie. And you would also think that you're playing this World Cup with 2026 in the back of your mind. And this is going to be a great experience for anyone that you can bring to Qatar, especially younger players. 
Uh, and not to see I, Ricardo Pepe in there is, for me, a bit disappointing. I, I am a bit surprised, too, because I know people say I don't want to manage a 26-man squad. It's not just him. Um, yeah. But you can also call these people and then cut them and then send them home when you get to Cutter. It's not, you know, if, if you handle yeah, it the yeah, right yeah. way, if you say, hey, Ricardo, I was going to cut you, but... You know, maybe something can still happen. Maybe we're gonna have something. Will you come with me? Yeah, yeah, and you show know. me your, you and know, show me your, yeah. or whatever. Like, like there is a way to do it in a nice way. He seems like a nice guy, Pepe. I don't have no idea if he's reasonable or whatever. He's not gonna go and play the diva. I would, I would hope. No. I would imagine. So I am a little surprised. Yeah. That. Wales also announced their World Cup squad, Gab, and Coach Rob Page had to go out his way to everyone. To tell everyone, sorry, that Gareth Bell won't be given time off to play golf during the tournament. <laughs> this is this is so stupid. I, I feel for Rob Page. And look, I've been critical of Gareth Bale. I feel for Gareth Bale now, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, who whoever brought Whoever and... asked this question. I know, come on. Um, now, he did say, Rob Page did say, oh, sometimes, you know, there was an afternoon off. And of the course, lads went there, like, oh, can you squeeze nine goals in? Uh, nine holes in. But... I mean, seriously? Yeah. The, the, these are the questions that, that, that you ask. The first World Cup since 58, and you <laughs> have one question Cup? and you say that? Man, pretty much grow up. Anyway, Jules, that brings us to an end. We've yeah. got the final league meeting until the next time The next time after this, this weekend, this league weekend of football, we yeah. will have a new world champion. I know. Incredible stuff. I know. Uh, and, of course, big games uh, this weekend as well. Uh, so... That means we got to come back on Monday and do it all over again. Yeah. Uh, until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Bye.